You're listening to the Creative Habits Podcast, exploring the boundaries of creativity with artists from around the globe. And now your host, Wyatt Christman. All right, this is Wyatt with the Creative Habits Podcast. Thanks a lot for listening. And this morning we've got Hans Higman on the line. Hans, how you doing? I'm doing well, Wyatt. How are you? Thanks a lot for being on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, you want to give us a little brief introduction to who you are for those that don't know you? Well, I guess the quickest thing uh, for, for people is that I, I can't keep a job, which means that uh, after setting out to save the world as a lawyer, I then moved into education where I founded three schools, uh, two in Harlem and one in India. I have worked uh, with a Kenyan nonprofit. Uh, I've run a fitness studio for women with my wife in Harlem. And uh, currently, I am a, a marketer who helps socially responsible small businesses bring their ideas to life uh, on the web. Nice. And you call it's it's funny because you you say I I suppose I could start by calling myself more uh something more responsible like consultant, but the pirate <laughs> in me prefers freelancer. Freelancer has more of a spirit of adventure, doesn't it? So yeah, I, I love that. And how does a pirate in you come out in the day to day? Is that just a romantic notion or is there a practical realism to it? Well, I, I think there's, it's practical. And I think, you know, I have my wife and I, uh, we have seven children and, and most of them are adult. Two of them are staying behind. And part of my path now has, has been to figure out what kind of legacy or example of, do I want to set for them. And part of it is, is, is leading a life of service, creativity, and freedom. And, and, and first of all, I think, you know, <laughs> the best pirates exhibit those qualities or express those values. And, and, you know, throughout my life, I had kind of rebelled against the standard path. Uh, after, after again, initially practicing law. So I, I think there's some, there's some real aspects to saying, you know, I, I'm not going to, um, you know, do the, the normal activities of commerce in, in, instead I'm going to look for opportunities as, as a pirate might, I'm going to, uh, not necessarily establish this, this huge organization or, or plan, but I'm going to, I'm going to look for opportunities and, and exploit them the best possible way when, when available. Right. Right. Yar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, no, that's a lot of fun. I, I like the idea that, you, you know, that the pirate and a lot of people, you know, think they've they've come too late that the pirates right. are. But but in fact, not not necessarily so when when you look at it uh, that way. So it's 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 good. That, now, there's this part to being a freelancer, you know, that you talk about in terms of being uh, anti-fragile. Um, mm-hmm. And anti-fragile is where, you know, stressors, randomness, and disorder make you stronger and more resilient. Right. Um, as a freelancer, you will need to, this is you talking, as a freelancer, you will need to be or become anti-fragile or you will fail. Um, and nothing in our formal education prepares you for this. So if, if formal education, so if you could talk about this and if formal education doesn't prep you for being anti-fragile, what does? Uh, I, I think it's it, what, what some people would term uh, one part of it is, is is working on your emotional intelligence, uh, ways of, of, of moving through the world where, where you can be of service. When my kids go out in the morning, I, what I tell them to do is to be useful. That that's that's my admonition to them as as they as they go out dominate. I tell my daughter to dominate and I tell them both be useful. Um, and so 
the world of work is is rapidly changing, and and it's something that that gives me some comfort as as I move through the freelance life, uh, because as I said, I think that makes people anti fragile. You so 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 you learn your your basics in education. You are put on a track, and that track narrows in terms of of one's outlook on how does one contribute to society and still make a living. And nothing in formal education um, prepares you for, for, number one, going out on your own. Uh, it, it doesn't prepare you to be creative. It doesn't prepare you to work in cooperation with others. It doesn't teach about community. Uh, it doesn't teach about the real meaning of failure. It doesn't teach you how to take intelligent risks. Everything in our current education model has you play safe. But the problem is, at the end of the day, there are no guarantees. And so it, to me, it's, 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 it's a scam. It's a scam. It's all a scam. It is. <laughs> it I, is. I, yeah, no, it is. It, it, it's, it's, I, you know, and, and, and sometimes I, I think, you know, am I crazy? Am I turning into somebody I wasn't politically or whatever? But I, I, I look at the kind of schools I was able to start, and they were independent schools. I look at the schools we were fortunate enough to be able to send our kids to uh, in, in terms of, of um, progressive learning. And on the other hand, I then see and have been in institutions that other people would call uh, – quote, government schools, and, and huge difference in the opportunities and, and, and level of awareness. Level of awareness and opportunities. That's interesting. What, what do you mean? Like, what, what are some examples? Well, in, in a lot of the charter schools, which I had been very much in favor of early on, uh, th- there's a tremendous emphasis in most of them uh, on, on drilling the kids so that they perform on standardized tests. Now, when, when, you, when you take that out and, and extend it and say, well, how have these kids been in the real world? First of all, there are no longitudinal studies, so I've done my own informal surveys. And, 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 and none of the preparation and the drive and the emphasis on standardized tests prepares these kids for any type of social or, or business engagement, uh, to start a business, to, to be an excellent employee, even, even though that's what these schools are supposed to do. They're supposed to prepare them for the old industrial model of education. And so children's horizons get narrowed. And in their minds, as long as they are obedient and perform to the standards of the test as they're laid out, they're going to be okay. But the problem is, they're not going to be okay. I can't even remember the percentage that some well-established and, and, and reasonable futurists talk about that in terms of the number of jobs that are currently available, if it's a repetitive task, we used to be concerned that it would be outsourced. The problem now becomes that if it's a repetitive task, whether you're an anesthesiologist, an attorney, a truck driver, those jobs will eventually be taken over by artificial intelligence. And so where does that leave everybody who is, has prepared themselves by doing well on standardized tests and following orders? So how do you become anti-fragile with this uh, structure in hand from you know childhood, uh, 12 years or more of this system? How do you become anti-fragile, unschool yourself from that, uh, that's, that w- what you've been given uh, from, from your childhood, from education? I think systemically it's going to be really tough, and, and, and I think it's a model that, that people are used to, and it's, and it's, it's simple. You plug your kids in. Uh, you go to work or not. And at the end of the day, the kids are there and uh, they've learned what they've learned. 
I think if, if, if somebody is aware and conscious enough and has the resources that in the best of all worlds, they will either, and it's tough, right? They'll either homeschool or unschool. Uh, and in, in, even if they don't do that, they'll make sure that their kids have opportunities to, to learn a musical instrument to, and even though Google is going to translate everything for us in the near future anyway, still there, there's a value to learning a language. One of the things I did with my kids, um, who had come from Harlem and a lot of them come, came from broken homes that had been, uh, truant at their other, you know, government schools, uh, was to take them overseas and to see how other people lived. Uh, and, and, and number one, how fortunate they were to be born in this country with the opportunities available. But number two, to see what makes people content and happy and able to survive in, 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 in other places around the world. And I think having a, a more global perspective, I think having outlets for creativity, whether it's music or writing or dance, uh, teaching young people about, again, a huge gap uh, in terms of, of, of wellness and, and intelligent nutrition and, and, and appropriate questions. Um, I think parents, if, if, if they want to, can, can, can do that. They can do that around the dinner table. They can do that on vacations. Uh, they, they can help their kids or set an example by modeling lifelong learning. So I think those are just some of the things. Right, right. And, and the answer is in the test, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. But, but, the, but the real tests, not the tests they throw at your school, but the stressors, the randomness, the disorder you get from real life. It's throwing uh, kids a wrench every once in a while purposefully to see how they respond, to th- hear are your tools, uh, find a solution from just these tools. You know, from, yeah, and and, you and know. Why, what you're saying is really important, too, because, yes, absolutely. The other part is, again, providing them with the tools before you, you throw them the wrench. But absolutely. Right. Right, right. Give them, give them something to, yeah, you know, yeah. even if it's a paper clip, you know, watch it, have them watch MacGyver, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. So, so this, this idea of conscious capitalism. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Wyatt. I, you no, just, no, you go just, ahead. You just triggered another thought. Yeah, yeah, uh, go for with, it. With, with the MacGyver comment, another thing that, that, that's, again, in certain communities, uh, there are maker spaces where, uh, people, young people of all ages are, are, are learning about drones and robotics and 3D printers. Becoming a member of one of those communities, I think, is going to go a long way in terms of preparing young people for what it's going to take to be uh, a productive, happy person in, in, in the coming years. Yeah, definitely. Or, or, you know, just saying, okay, you get something, uh, a drone, you bought it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do what you want it to do. So how can you make it do what you want it to right. do? You know, right. It's, exactly. it's going exactly. around the rules and saying, okay, I can hack stuff. And not in a negative way, but to say, hey, I, you know, they, they didn't think of this, but I'll bet you I can, I can make this, this happen. And, and instead of accepting whatever comes your way, go, okay, well, how can I make it more purposeful? And here are the tools to do that. And let's go for it. You know, make it even better. And it's not, uh, it's not a negative thing to hack. It's actually a positive uh, well, it really is. And, and, and you're pointing to something else that's incredibly important. I mean, too often uh, the lesson is teaching kids to, to be you know, productive consumers as, as, as opposed to being somebody who's going to create or produce or do the hacking. And, and it's like, no, we're not giving you this drone or this 3D printer um, 
just to consume, you, you need to produce, you need to figure out what's on the other side of it and, and, and what wonderful, crazy failures you can come up with, uh, on the other side. Definitely, definitely. And, and in that vein, you know, you believe you've, you've, you say, I believe that entrepreneurs and small business people can save this country. Give us a window into the idea, the scenario on how this is possible. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to try to avoid, you know, the current state of politics in this country. But um, small businesses historically had had been the centers of uh, community in 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 a lot of the country. Uh, The Industrial Revolution changed a lot of that, Um, and technology and artificial intelligence is is going to completely kill it if we're not careful. But on, there's going to again in, in in my view of things, the the increasing rate, and I can't remember the, the the law where they talk about how computing power doubles every six months or something, um, means that there will there just won't be enough jobs for the people that are are out here. So what do you do? You you have to talk about a guaranteed universal basic income, which is a crazy idea even for me to think about, but. If, if there aren't going to be any jobs, how do you keep people happy or at least on the surface productive? So, so, so that's, that's one part. But one of the ways that, that people can contribute, one of the ways that people can be human, as, as we've defined it, by being creative, by being productive, by being of service, is, is to teach them. How, you know, where is there an intersection between your passion, your talent, and what the community needs? And we've fallen away from that, and 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 we're not going to get the industries back that have that have either gone overseas or that are no longer appropriate because of issues around climate and and resources. Um, we we have to think about what industries can we now create on a much smaller scale, uh, and and young people are going to be the ones that have to think about what those things are. How do you intelligently and appropriately apply the technology? Um, and, and entrepreneurs and small businesses are, are the best place. I don't believe that that government has the insight or willingness to provide those kinds of solutions. Right. So we're going to have to hack our future. Uh, That's right. That's and right. and the, the youth now are going to be the ones uh, who need to be resilient enough to basically do that. So let's say you're, you're someone you've just graduated and you want to you know, be part of that world you want to you know uh make things and and get them out there you you want to be not just um you know someone who uh uh goes and applies for a job and takes it but you want to be the one who creates um how, how do you how do you jump into that do you go to college you know you've just let's say you're out of high school do you go to college what what would you suggest to a person who's who's new to the whole workplace well, I think I think for college, there are going to be those who, by virtue of money, influence, talents, uh, test-taking ability, <clears throat> excuse me, will end up at, at, at the, the elite schools. And I think those will remain a ticket that, you know, needs to get punched uh, just so that people can assume some level of competence on, on, a, on a student's part. So if, if, if somebody has the opportunity to go to a Stanford or an Ivy League school or so forth, then you know that that's going to be one path. 
Um, if, if that's not the path, I think there are some really good schools, whether it's Colby or Bennett or, or some of these other places where, where the kind of ideals and values that I've talked about are, are important. But I think even while in high school or, in fact, in middle school, I think there are, we're provided with so much information and examples of people from, you know, the person, the woman in the garage who's making something to an Elon Musk that young people can figure out who's somebody that I want to model. And, and, and then, right, we, this, this wonderful thing of podcasting, for a young person to have a podcast on, on, on creativity, for instance, or, or for maker spaces, or for writing, and then go out and interview those people with the intention of not only bringing that information to a wider audience, but more selfishly to say, let me learn from the best and people who have already done it. I mean, modeling is, is incredibly useful in any sphere uh, professionally, and I think it's never too early to teach young people, find somebody who's doing what you think you might want to do, understand that you're probably going to have six to 12 different careers, not just jobs, but careers during your lifetime, um, and, and, and model the people who you, who you really respect and, and are doing what you're doing. I think that's, that's a big key there. So, so then this becomes more of a cooperation than a than a competition. It becomes absolutely while you build, you will not ignore others who have um, the desire and work ethic, but just need a hand hand up. So you're you're saying, you know, let's uh, let's transition maybe to to that cooperation and co create a better future. Is that kind of like what you're what you're kind of getting at? Absolutely, I think for for things to work, that that's that has to be the way it goes. And and how do we? What ways can we make this possible from a day to day level? You know, like uh, practically uh, transition to that that sense of cooperation because you know you get it drilled into you. Competition, competition, mm-hmm. be number one. You know, uh, capitalism is about right. you know eating the other guy alive, right? I mean, right. you right. Right. you either go bigger or you or you die, right? That that's the form of capitalism. So so how, how is this possible from a day to day level? Like, um, if you want to if you want to have a business, but but be cooperative, but still you know not give away the farm, so to speak. Uh, how, how can that be possible? Part of it's a variation of, um, you know, if they're if you're, you're the sum of the, of the of the five people you spend the most time with. And another saying is, if you're the smartest person in the room, you probably need to move to another room. Right. If, if you surround yourself with people who are like minded, if 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 you realize that, you know what, a huge example of leadership, even on a tiny basis is to start a group, whether it's a meetup group or some other group with people who are of like mind and, and have that same vision and, and, and talking about ways that people can support, you know, one another looking at, I, I, I was doing some work with some young men in, um, the university of Iowa who are trying to uh, create a, a clean water generator and they're not going to make a lot of money on it at all, but they also understand the importance of that that would mean here and, and certainly overseas. Uh, they're putting their creative talents to, to work, and right now we're just trying to find funding for it. Um, but, but finding a like-minded community, understanding, again, that it's going to be okay to fail, and understanding that if, if, if you're going to be in, in, in a government school with people who are of like minds in terms of competition being the best and only way to move ahead as opposed to cooperation and, and, and 
creating a, a spirit of creativity that you're going to get stuck. And, and so you, you just essentially need to look for people with, with, of like mind. To use the technology, go to groups, uh, you know, uh, do some searches, find find those people and reach out to them because you'll be surprised on how many people will actually reach back to you and and grow from there. Just uh, make it happen, right? I mean, technology allows us to reach out to people from around the world, so why, why not use it, right? It, it does, and even even on a on a on a you know, a, and and more less technological level, I think. We've become, and, and again, the current political season hasn't helped us at all. We've become more siloed in in terms of our outlook and who we associate with. And you know, my mother was a, a black woman from Chicago. Her family originally come from Georgia. My father was a, a white man uh, who you know came from a farming community in uh, Nebraska. They met in Chicago, and 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 were married and. They had, and 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 they started uh, one of the first residential drug treatment centers in the country, and we and and we that's where we grew up. We grew up with fifty guys, most and and women coming in during the day, but fifty guys who lived in the house, uh, who had been referred by prison or from the the Veterans Administration after coming back from Vietnam, and we saw this range of humanity. Some who had fallen, but always knowing that you know what ultimately. Um, because of who you are as a human being, there's this this beauty of spirit inside that's going to allow you to blossom if if you put in the time and 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 create the self discipline again to do that right. So we don't take the time to learn about other people. I, I I'm in a, a farming community uh, in upstate New York, very different from my Harlem neighborhood where I grew up. But I also understood that to to, to learn about the community, to to have them understand a little bit about me. And, and, and my African-American children, right, I joined the volunteer fire department. Um, at 58, it's not something I had <laughs> really planned on doing, but, but it's a way to connect with people who, at least on the surface, aren't like me. But again, going through the training, I have reaffirmed the, the, the common things that, that make us all human. So using the technology and then finding ways to reach across borders uh, of culture and geography to learn about people who we have termed the other. Hmm. And so make it uh, both. It's it's a local and a global kind of because globally you can find a lot, you know, more people uh, than let's say your own town that might have a like-minded view because you know towns are what they are. They're not always, oh, yeah. you know, so, but at the same time, you want to reach out locally. So you have that connection. You can understand other uh, perspectives and just, so you're connected to what's, you know, right around you. That's, That's right. Yeah. That's and right. Then, yeah. So, so it's interesting because you, you've got this, this thought here, uh, kind of, um, anti doom and gloom, but it's, it's like, you know, we're life preppers who want to be ready for mm-hmm. anything, not mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. fear the future, but because we want to make the most of it. Um, but, and, and that's, that's awesome, you know, cause it's, um, it's a different perspective on being a life prepper, but you know, how, how do you make most of the future when all the news points at, you know, doom and gloom and, you know, and everything going down, down? Well, it's, 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 it's tough. It really is tough, Wyatt. And, and, and the only thing, right, and, and for me, at, at whatever level people want to accept it, for me anyway, it's, 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 a, it's a matter of faith in what I can control within my circle of influence versus trying to affect, you know, what's in my circle of concern. And, yeah, as you point out, in, in, in our circles of concern – 
there are so many things competing for our attention in a negative way that it, it, it has the, the, the ability to just beat us down. So I practice and I, and, I, and I make a conscious effort almost every day to say, okay, this is the news. It's amusing on a national level. What's within your circle of influence that you can affect today, this week, this month? Uh, and, and I think teaching young people that perspective could be useful so that they don't develop overwhelm. Because again, they're going to be faced with, you know, whatever it is, right? The current political situation or, you know, they're not having access to social security or the college bubble as, as, as people increasingly default on student loans, um, the cost of living. I mean, the, the lack of jobs, so many things can overwhelm us as you're pointing out. But again, if, if, if one says, what can I do right now to improve my skills, uh, to, to reach out to like-minded people, to influence you know, what's around me directly, um, I think it's the best way to go. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you have to take it and use the energy in a practical way. Otherwise, it can make you implode and, and get depressed and so on. So let's say you've listened to the news and you, you want to make a, a practical you know, application to, to your local community or, or something around you. What's an example of something uh, practical after you've listened to the news and, and heard you know, Trump do some stupid thing or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> I think there are, there, are, there are always, even in a town this small, there are always people, you know, looking for, for other like-minded people. I, you know, I, I was recently contacted by a search firm guy, and I said, oh, you know, I'm going to have to tell him I'm not interested in a job, quote, you know. Um, but what he was reaching out to me for was uh, it was a men's group uh, at, around reading books. I had never done one of those things for a variety of reasons, having to do with my own <laughs> worldview and insecurities and so forth. Um, but I said, you know what, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and, and do that. And, and the guys I met there were really incredible people who I would not otherwise have met who were trying to move through the world in, in a, in a, in a powerful way, in, in a small sphere, but in a powerful way. I, I, so I think part of it is just taking a step back, looking around and saying who here is, is, is doing the kinds of things I'm interested in. And if they're not, what skills do I need to organize a group to make a small difference, right? Whether it's an environmental issue in the community, whether it's an advocacy piece, whether it's, um, you know, we've got a, a farmer here who, she's a MacArthur, the first farmer to win a MacArthur Genius Award. Um, but, but farming is tough. And, and one of the things we're, I'm trying to do with her is, and again, as a freelancer, right, I've taken skills that I developed as an attorney in Washington working for the Senate, which is a whole other story, uh, you know, starting schools and, and taking those marketing skills. And more, the goal is to create a, a, a crowdfunding um, campaign for her to start a school for uh, women farmers. And, you know, it costs nothing other than the time and the skill and, and then the outreach, right? Um but, but looking for those kinds of opportunities, I think, uh, and they'll present themselves, and it's all about focus. If you're asking yourself the right questions and if you're focusing on the right things, th- then the things that I think people can do to impact that um, appear. Yeah, and uh, that's interesting. That's so, it's, so a men's group uh, on uh, books? Books that, that, that mainly, and it's 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 it's... A lot of them having to do with, with you know, African-Americans, although the group is mixed and, and they're Latinos and, and they're white men there. 
um, and, and with a, with a range of backgrounds, uh, all coming together because they all believe that, you know, we each have a story to share and, and, and I think we do. And I know, you know, one of your focuses is, is, is on the hero's journey. So, you know, we, 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 at, at that small level share where we are in that process. And, and I think it's, it's, it's reaffirming to know that you're not alone and all your, although your path is different, um, there's still this same kind of archetypal logic to, to, to where we're going. So we get to feel less lonely. Yeah. I like that you, you, in that you're saying, okay, here's um, something I found this men's group, but if it wasn't there and I didn't find something that I thought would be useful, I'll just create one. Right. You know, exactly. if you don't see it, do it yourself. That's right. Uh, nice. So, yeah, it's uh, it's having the time, of course, to, to, <laughs> right. to do all that. Right. Because right, right. if you do. But OK, so the, the, you you alluded to one of my favorite things, which is uh, here's journey. So I can't help but uh, ask for from your own perspective, your own life. What what was the what, you know, one of the overarching because it's the micro and the macro here is journey mm-hmm. you, you you have them on a mini basis but you have the overarching what was some what, one of the overarching uh, journeys that you experienced and what tool were you able to bring back from that well i think the, the biggest thing was uh when i made the break from from my my average world which I mean, I'd done some interesting things as a lawyer, but, but again, it was still fairly safe. It was still fairly comfortable. It was still fairly expected. And to say that I'm going to give that up and I see a need to start an independent school. And this is before charter school legislation existed, um, with no money. And I'm going to work with kids who the public schools are not doing well with. And when I, when I made that leap, it was incredibly uncomfortable in terms of finances. Um, but even more, there, there was a safety issue because the, it was at the time where I think homicides in New York over the three years, the first three years that I was starting the school averaged, uh, 2,100. I mean, there were 2,100 homicides a year on average. Uh, and most of it drug related. We were seen as an impediment to the drug traffic in the community. So a contract was taken out on my life at that time. And so there was the physical fear. Um, so having to step out and learn about physical and moral courage. Uh, but even, even more joltingly was the fact that I, people had viewed me, um, my, my identity as, a, as an attorney was how people had defined me. And I hadn't realized that uh, until I stopped practicing law. And I had people who I thought were friends um, or significant acquaintances anyway, just all of a sudden just drop their communication with me because I was in the world of education, kind of. Um, and that, that understanding that, that we're often viewed through the lens of our profession or career, and if it's a safe standard career, then we're okay as far as how people define us. But to walk away from that, the pain that's involved, um, and the ability to do that, I think, was my biggest lesson. And it allowed me to, uh, and I had my 15 minutes of fame, right? National coverage, because the school eventually took off. It's in its 23rd year, I think, now, and, and still doing well. Um, and my brother's running it. But you know, to, to do that, then to take over a $14 million, 350-employee organization and leave that and, and, and quit that job in protest over some of the decisions the board was making and to start 
a fitness studio, right? People were like, well, okay, we get that you were a lawyer and chose to jump into the world of education and you got your 15 minutes of fame and we were excited about that. But really a personal trainer, we don't get that. (laughs) But, 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 but at that point I had learned the lesson that I had to follow my own North star and that nobody was going to provide that for me. And you weren't going to stay stuck, not stuck, but you weren't going to necessarily say, this is my job or my job defines me for the rest of my life. You were saying, okay, where, you know, where am I going to shift next that makes sense to me to match that North star, right? That's right. And, and, and that, and that, that's a huge lesson. I think that one that I teach my kids, I say, well, you say you, and that's great. You have these dreams of the job that you're going to have, but understand you're going to, if you have a life, if you're going to live with a life of purpose and, 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 and service, um, and, and desire for freedom, you're going to have to pivot and learn how to pivot. And sometimes those pivots will be painful, but ultimately, yes, you have to have your own North star in front of you for those times when, when it gets really lonely. And, and you're finding that, um, that, that moment, uh, when you, you found it, that North star that could give you guidance regardless of what job or what thing that you did. When was that, that you recognized that North star? What, what was the moment that allowed that to open up to you? I, I think there were two parts. One was when I realized that uh, even if I was now distanced from my friends after I quit the practice of law, there was so much more important work to do with this school. That was one. But then when I quit that larger organization that I had been running and became a personal trainer and, and realized the value that I was bringing to the women that we were working with, that, you know what, it didn't matter the title. It didn't matter the prestige. Uh, I knew who I was and I knew that I was living my values. And as long as I was living my values, that's how I was going to be happy. Okay. Okay. So you you felt even though you didn't maybe name it as the North Star at the time, you went your decisions were made from the heart and so you were able to stand up to the larger organization at that time and just say, you know what, this makes no sense to me and I will not follow that because, you know, I'm following my North Star, but you, maybe you didn't name it the North Star, but you you knew it was a a decision you you couldn't run with. Is that right? That's right. And it was a painful one financially and, and almost put me and my family in the street. Uh, But, but it's, but it's, it's, it's one that I was able to come to peace with and, 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 you know, knock on marble or wood or whatever. Um, you know, it's, it's worked out really well. So, wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's with that many kids too, that, wow. Yeah, well, in private school and college education, I mean, we, we were, we were in foreclosure at one point because of my decision and and that was tough, but 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 you know even with that we you know we came out of it and we came out of it quite well, and that's when practicing law also helped. But <laughs> coming up here, I've I've I we're able to sympathize you know emotionally, but also help practically with people who are are, are facing their own challenges in terms of you know the loss of their homes and and so forth. And it's my eyes are open to people who are going through those struggles more than they would have been otherwise. Right. Right. And then also, you know, you're threatened with death, uh, you know, having to uh, register a gun, put on a bulletproof vest. Uh, that that kind of thing is very real. Uh, how do you how do you how do you do that? Like that there that that's a lot of um, that's a lot to, to deal with. 
Well, at that time, I, I it had me in tears at one point, um, wondering if I was going to see my at that the time my you know my then uh, infant daughter again because I would go out and and they they you know it was it was it was it was lawless at that time and and people would openly show me their firearms and say we know what time you leave every night and one day you know you're not getting home right I mean they would openly say that. Um, and, 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 and asking myself, is, is, is this really all worth it? Um, and it, and it wasn't easy. I mean, so certain things, and again, I, I have my own view of faith. I, I, I've moved more away from religion and more into viewing myself as somebody spiritual, but I mean, a, an interesting thing occurred where a guy came and started knocking on the door one night and I said, oh, is this the night? Um, but it was a white guy in a predominantly black and Hispanic neighborhood who was in the neighborhood for no particular reason. I thought he might be an undercover cop, but he wasn't. And um, he had a statue, I think it was, it was St. Michael or something, slaying the dragon. And he said, um, I was looking for my friend to give this to, but I think you may, without significant conversation, I think you may need this more than I do. And he says, but I've got to go. And he just left it there. Um, what? Really? And, and, yeah. And, and it was very strange. And I still to this day said, did that really happen? Right. Um, and it did. I don't have that statue anymore. But certain certain events evolved so that it, it, eventually the, the, the family that ran the drug traffic on the block had a lot of pressure put on them. And they knew that they were going to have to shoot me off the block to get me to close the school down. And they're business people at the end of the day. Um, and so they, they brokered a meeting and asked, what do you want? And I said, we don't want to have drug dealing on this block, at least during school hours, which, which we ran from seven in the morning to eight at night. Um, because the kids, you know, wanted a hot breakfast and had nowhere to go at the end of the day. Uh, and, and they, they enforced that they enforced that for years, uh, harshly, but that was their world. Um, but we, we didn't have a problem you know, basically for the most part after that. And I, at one of the brothers who ran the business eventually, well, they all did. I mean, one went to prison for his second eight year stint. And he said, look, I know we had problems in the past. He wrote me a letter and said, but I've, he says, my wife left me. I don't know where my kids are. I've got no one else to communicate with. Would you mind writing me a letter every now and then? Um, and so oh. I did that for several years. Um, but you know, going through those kinds of things, I, 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 I can see the beauty, but also the loneliness of the human spirit, and it, it's something that I, I, I want to be a part of. And why I never considered entering politics, although I had been pushed to at one point in my in my life. Wow! Wow! So, wow! <laughs> That's. I uh, wow, that's hard to wrap my head around. But you, you actually, you actually bet with them, and they, and they actually agreed to not, you know, wow, that's so. <laughs> I can't believe that they agreed to it. Uh, they they must have been getting pressure. But why was the yes. school? Yeah, they, they other pressure, and and yes. and when they met with you, why didn't they just take you out? I mean, I don't, uh, you know, that's uh, that's what always bugs me, in in you know, these not real stories, but, but fake stories, uh, you know, the guys can always take them out, you know, <laughs> what, what well, prevents them from taking them out right then, you know, you, uh, but, they, but they had, why was the school such a threat? Because before, you know, it, it, and, and where the school was located was in the place that my parents had had their drug rehabilitation center and my father had had a stroke which uh, paralyzed him and made him a phasic, so he lost his speech. Um, my mother had Parkinson's, 
and it's it's it, it was their home. So in addition to to wanting to contribute to the children of the community in that way, I wanted to keep my parents in their home. Um, but the drug rehab center had kind of phased out, and so people would line up literally like zombies out 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 front of the building um, to to buy their crack. And then there were set times three times a day. And when the school opened, we didn't allow that. Um, we didn't allow drug dealing within sight of the kids. Um, and, and, and that was just, you know, too much for the, for their, their, their business. Um, and, and in practical terms, what, what ended, I, I had been a, a, a narcotics prosecutor actually. And, um, I, the, 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 the cops that I had worked with, uh, liked me and some of them worked in that local precinct. So they put the word out that if anything happened to me, um, <laughs> they would institute their own form of justice. Um, the, we, some black Muslims in Brooklyn said, look, we know that I was working with my brother at that time. We, we know that their, um, their father was white. They said, but they're working for our children and we are going to, as they put it, soldier in this community. If the threats don't stop, um, local media had done some stories on it and, and they knew frankly that, you know, I was carrying a gun. So as business people, it, it, it didn't make sense because you don't imagine, right, the black Muslims and the police <laughs> you know, coming together to ruin your business. It, 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 was, it wouldn't have been a good business decision on their part. Right. OK. Wow. That's uh, I mean, on the flip side, I, that's you, you have to write a book and 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 or, you know, it's a natural movie right there. But I, I hate to say that because it, it I, I don't want to like um, I don't want to sense cheapen the the experience itself, which was so raw and very real. Uh, but it's such a testament to how you got people to come together and help these kids, uh, you know, make it through that it's, it's great to just have that story out there in a greater sense, not just that 15 minutes of fame, but, but more than that, you know? Well, I, I stay, I stay in touch with, with, with many of those kids. And, you know, one of them, um, was supposed to come out to our house now, but he's a, he's a, he didn't go to college, but he became a construction worker who's making six figures and recently, you know, bought his own home uh, with his wife and child. Um, you know, so it's an, another one just finished her doctorate in psychology. Um, another one is 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 works in uh, high tech security. Uh, we, I mean, it, so you see these kids, and it's like, wow, you know. And and so yes, the fifteen minutes of fame was interesting, but there were so many other benefits in, in terms of seeing where these kids are now. That that you know, yeah, I'm glad I took the risk. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's good. Yeah. You've, you've got, you've got quite the story there and, and it keeps, keeps going. Of course, you've got this sense on your website, uh, that's really inspiring. Um, you know, not just because you're a copywriter <laughs> and do it well, but because you've got some, some heart behind it, you know, um, uh, Anyway, for me, when I read it, I'm, I'm like, oh, man, this is great. You know, conscious capitalism, you know, being able to just say, okay, small business entrepreneurs, they, they have a sway, like that there is something happening here that's going to make a difference, that there is cooperation on a level that is going to affect that change and make a transition pro possible to a different 
different uh, worldview rather than just right. the same old grind that you see that just is so frustrating and disheartening and really robotic and not a part of the human spirit that I think most of us realize. But there's so much junk, layers of junk put on top of us from when we get educated to onward into the corporate world that how do you get out of that? And it's just, it's great to see that there, that it is possible, that there are movements that, you know, you you can, it's possible, you know, uh, no, it, it is, and it, and it, and it's never too early to start with 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 young people. I, 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 you know, I mentioned somewhere, and I, I, I keep asking my really rich friends. Um, you know, I only have a couple left, and I say, look, anytime you're tired of in people worth hun- literally hundreds of millions of dollars, um, what are you going to do with that? How do you keep score? And one was honest enough to say, this is my identity. If I wasn't making this kind of money, I wouldn't be who I am. And, 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 and that meant all the world to them. But I say, well, when you get tired of that, give me some money. I'm going to, you know, go up North to Maine or someplace and start a, a boarding school for kids that nobody else wants to work with. And, you know, on the menu, we'll be teaching them to be useful. And, 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 and that'll be it. Those will be the only marching orders. And, you know, let, let's, let's see what we can do. And uh, nobody's taken up on it so far, but <laughs> they will, it'll happen. I hope. Yeah. 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 Wow. All right. Well, Hans, it's, it's been great to have you on the show. I, I could keep going on and on, on, but uh, do you have any last advice for those, um, you know, artistic types? They're entrepreneurs themselves, small business owners and, and the like who are, who are trying to make it. Any last advice for them? And then also, where can people go to, to find you? Well, I, I, the only advice I have is, 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 you know, keep pushing through. I mean, I, I, it's been my experience and all the things that I've done that, that really, you know, it's, it's, it, it really is, and it sounds trite, but it is darkest before the dawn. And, and there are certain skill sets that everybody needs to have. And for instance, copywriting is one of them. Public speaking is another, uh, understanding your finances, you know, is a third and, and there are others, but those are, those are the three of the main ones. Um, and, and then there are resources out there for that. And if people want to find me, uh, they can, you know, I'd love for them to send me a direct email to Hans at Hans dot com or, um, go to the website and that's, uh, simply Hans dot com. Right. H A N S H A G E M A N dot com. That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, you've got some great inspiration on there. Uh, definitely should go there. And thank you so much for uh, for being on the show, Hans. It's been great to have well, you. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation, Wyatt.